This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle. Hello, everybody. This is Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio. We have an extra episode this week just because schedules are crazy for a lot of writers this time of year. And so we want to make sure we get everybody's episode in. And so sometimes we're going to have double or even triple in the next several weeks. But that's okay because I think that offers a plenty of opportunities to find new-to-you writers as well as some of your favorite writers having their newest works coming up. And um, before we get into the writing, I wanted to say that today is um, – Global Cat Day. So any of you who have those sweet little fur babies that um, keep you company and sometimes probably annoy you some, um, just give them special attention and hugs today. It is also Black Cat Awareness Month. And my understanding is black cats are not as adopted as often as cats of other colors. And so, you know, I had a black cat for a long time and she was the best. So, I mean, the cat, cats are wonderful, so go ahead if you see a cute little black cat and you might consider it too if you're thinking about adopting. And then it's also National Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I know that I mentioned a lot of women's health um, awarenesses, and uh, last month was Ovarian Cancer Awareness Month, and this month is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Understand that these two cancers can be genetically related. If you have one, you can be at a higher risk of developing the other at some point in your life. You can also be a carrier of these genetics, uh, whether you're male or female. So it's incredibly important. We're not just talking about mammograms, but we're talking about Breast Cancer Awareness Month. We're also talking about genetics. So if you have any uh, family history of breast cancer in your family, of blood relatives, please uh, talk about it with your doctor and see if that's something you need to get genetically tested for. And of course, if you're a female, please get those mammograms. Understand men can also develop breast cancer. So if something is looking strange, please follow up with your uh, your primary healthcare provider. Um, and so now that we have all that in there, I just want don't want it to scare anybody, but knowledge is power. So, um, you know, Take, take control and take a front seat to your own health. It's extremely important. But while we're absorbing all that, we were talking about all these different episodes coming up. Today, we get to talk to someone who is basically going to be our first holiday book um, that we're going to be talking about for this year. So Fortune Whelan is going to be talking to us in just a second. Her stories are charming and silly and emotionally fraught with fast-paced plots that keep pages flying. When she's not at her standing at her desk, fending off her feline invaders, a cat lover, uh, you will find her on her yoga mat or shoving books at the local library. Her latest release, My Christmas With You, the third of the Dorsey's of Conception series is out now, just came out on the 13th. You can keep up with Fortune at her website where you can sign up for her newsletter and find her at Julie Publishing Facebook Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. All those links are in the right above the show. Welcome, Fortune. How are you? I'm really well. Uh, thank you so much. Um, I love that it's Black Cat Awareness Month. Um, I ended up yeah. actually in a friend group that only adopts black cats. Like, I've had the same friends um, since college, and we all have black cats, yeah. and we only ever adopt black cats. Yeah. It just oh, ended up that I way. Like that. Yeah. I have three right now. Um and Safi, my last black cat, she was at the shelter for 14 months, um, and oh, no one even put in. Yeah, no one even put in um, a an application for her. So 
wow. I sent her photo over to my husband, and, and he's like, go get it right now. So we did. <laughs> and she's been the best cat. <laughs> like, seriously, she's my most well-behaved cat. She doesn't go on the counters. She waits. Like, she's perfection. I love her. Uh, yeah, I had one years and years ago in college, and she was just the sweetest little thing. And we called her Mama Kitty, but um, it just she was just a wonderful, sweet cat. And um, it just I it's interesting um, to see which which animals are adopted first and which aren't. So, um, yeah, for anybody who's listening, if there's an animal there, ask for the animal that's been there the longest or the animal that, you know, don't just look at the newest ones. Always, you know, give them all a, give them all a fair shake. So, um, but, yeah, so you've got your cats and then, you know, you're juggling your librarian stuff and everything. What, when you sit down to write, um, I mean, is there – a method to your madness? Do you already have it kind of know what you're going to write that day? Or is it more of a, I'm going to work on this general area of the book? How do you, how do you write? Um, well, I started out writing as a ghostwriter. Um, so just getting okay. into the habit of writing every day, um, I, that is important for me. Um, so I try to set aside uh, time every day to write. Um, because things can get crazy. Like I've got um, a kid at school. I do have another job. Um, so spending yeah. time with myself to write every day is really important. Um, because, you know, when I first started writing, uh, I had all these big ideas, but I didn't have the skill to write it. And so they were ambitious for me at the time. But the only way to get better is to write. Um, I know that sounds silly, mm-hmm. but like I'm at the point now after writing every day for so many years that um, once I have an idea – um, I understand, like, I can form it, and it's not so frustrating anymore. Um, right. It's just like, even if there's no muse, like, there's still a skill set that needs to be cultivated. So I think, I truly do think, like, writing every day is um, important, even if it's not, even if it's just journaling, even if it's just writing down ideas, even if it's writing, like, copy and not specifically writing a story, I think it's so important. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly working that brain is just like, exercise you know I mean you're not going to get better unless you keep doing it um you're not going to just run out and run a marathon the first time you try it takes time to practice um so yeah definitely do you um are you better writing in the morning or in the afternoon or do you just write when you can um I write when I can I try to I try to have a little bit of a routine um so I used to write at night after everyone went to bed, but my daughter got older and started mm-hmm. staying up later. So now I write in the morning. <laughs> um, and I, I, like the, I like the morning time. It's quiet. Like I can have a coffee. Yeah. Um, nobody, nobody needs me. Nobody wants me at 5 a.m. So <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Truly. Yes. Yes, that is true. Um, you know, most don't. And, and, yeah, I think the morning time is, you know, I, I usually start as soon as everyone's out the door. Um, because I, it's that time of I know if I at least get something done this morning, even if it's not great, um, I've done something, you know, versus I'll do it this afternoon and then, you know, I'll help break loose and it never happens. So, um, But I, every like you're saying, everybody's got their routine. So, you know, you obviously love reading. You obviously love writing. Um, but what was the catalyst that made you say, I want to write this story or I want to write a book? Um. So I was, uh, I lived in a different place. So I don't know if this is probably a pretty relatable story for people who, you know, they get the job, they get married, they get the kid, they get the big house, they get, you know, they live in the suburbs. 
Um, but I just felt yeah. like I was, uh, like my soul was dying. Like I wasn't creating art. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of like going mm-hmm. through the motions of life. Um, right. And luckily I have a partner who's um, willing to, like I, ha- I always have these crazy ideas. Like I'm going to, and then I just do them. Um, but he's been with me for 15 years now. But when I said, you know, hey, let's sell our house and move to the mountains. Um, he didn't, he just, he said, okay. So we did. Um, and okay. that was just before the, in 2019. Um, well, it worked out. Like we put our house in the market in January and sold the house a couple weeks later. Um, like in the dead of winter, like I live in Canada. So, um, yeah. and so we moved to the mountains without a plan, just that we were going to live here. Um, and I ended up, this is funny. I ended up buying a house of somebody I knew who lived out here. Um, but I didn't know until we were in the house looking at it and it just works okay. out. Like I feel like things work out if they're supposed to be. Um, and then as soon as we moved here, I started, I sat down on my computer and I started writing every day. Um, okay. and yeah. And I, it was about a year of like skilling, like leveling up and skilling up. Um, and just before the pandemic in March, um, I got right. my first ghostwriting contract. Um, okay. And Truly, to be honest, I did, um, I think, 22 altogether. I just finished my last one this month because the story wrapped up. Um, so it's carried me through all the way to now, which is I'm extremely wow. grateful for. Yeah. Wow. And then, um, and then you sat down and decided on this series. Yeah. Well, on this series. Well, yeah, and I'm one of those um, people, you know, who's always written. Um, I've always written. Mm-hmm. I When I was 10, when I was 10, I was, uh, we had this um, program at school for kids that were a little bit um, kind of like more advanced than the class. Mm-hmm. So they kind of taught us. Uh, so we had these special projects. And my special project was I was like obsessed with like Murder, She Wrote and um, like Matlock. <laughs> And I wanted to write a murder mystery, uh, but I went to a very Catholic school and my teachers were like, no, I don't know if you should be doing this. Like you're in fifth grade, you shouldn't be writing about murder. But I was like dead set on it. Um, and it was, I remember it was called, called the murder at the Muriel Hotel. Um, okay. But yeah, so that's what, that was my very first book. And they helped me kind of do, so I wrote it, I edited it, I bound it. I wish I still had it because it was uh, pretty great, but. Yeah, that was my first book I ever wrote, and I never stopped. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I was yeah. about that age when I wrote a screenplay about the Loch Ness Monster, but it was from the monster's point of view. So, oh, um, and, and I still wish I had it. I have no idea. My mom might. You know, she may have it. But um, I remember her typing it, and then we had to use the copy paper in between, you know, because you, there's, nobody had copiers at home at that time. So yeah. she had typed it all out and, you know, fled through. So, it was, yeah, it was cool. Um, but I kind of laugh about you saying them not wanting you write about murder and going to Catholic school because it's like um, the Bible's got a lot of stuff about that. So, you know, <laughs> just, let's see how it's any more scary. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But it was a very okay. like it was more of like the mystery part. It like if anything, it was like a cozy mystery more than anything. But right, right, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, and then you've been right. Right. Well, then you've been writing this whole time, and now you've you're ghostwriting. So you come into and you've written now the My Christmas with You is the third of the Dorsey's series. Yeah. But did you plot all three books out, or did you just come up with the idea of the first book first? 
Um, well, I don't know if you know my story. So I um, pitched the first book at Karina Pitch la, uh, two okay. years ago in 2020. Um, and it got, uh, so Jane came into my, she slid into my DMs and said, hey, I like this concept if you want to send me the book. Um, but at the okay. time, I didn't have a book at all because uh, I'm not a plotter. Uh, so <laughs> I wrote it really fast, and I sent it in, but I didn't tell her that I sent it in. I didn't tell anyone. I just, like, sent it through the slush pile. Um, but they, I guess they were waiting for it because she texted me um, or she messaged me the next, I, maybe even the same day, and said, hey, we got your book. We're fast-tracking it, so it's gone. So it went to Sinclair right away. Um, okay. And I was a little bit, not a little bit, I was a lot nervous. Um, so I just needed to like sit on her messages, uh, for a couple days. Um, but it ended up, um, so she acquired the book. So Tuli acquired the book and, um, mm-hmm. I, so I got a contract for the first one and then I worked over the next couple of weeks with Sinclair to kind of map out the other two. So I signed the contract for the whole, so for book one and then the series, just like maybe a week or two later. Um, but yeah, nice. uh, but I don't, I'm really, I feel really fortunate that um, I can be a, pl- a pantser. Um, I think both Jane and Sinclair trust me enough to know that even if I don't have all the pieces, um, that the story will come together when I write in the book during the process. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So tell us, um, tell us about My Christmas With You. My Christmas With You. So this is um, Danny's book. So in the first, in the very, very first iteration of Stuck With You, um, Danny, was, he stole the show. Um, and I actually he actually died in the first version of the book. Um, that obviously oh, wow. didn't happen now. Oh, yeah. Um, and people are <laughs> mad about it. So he's not resurrected, <laughs> but he had to have his... Oh, he's like, honestly, he was the most favorite character in the whole book. And he's not like a... He's kind of like a Loki character. Like, he's not a good guy, but he's not a bad guy. But you just like... Like, you want the best for him. Um, I don't know if you right. have, like, a friend. Like, he's always, like, always in trouble, but always, like, you just know he has a good heart despite everything that happens, and it's kind of like a little bit of bad luck and a little bit of, um, what's it called, like, circumstance, and it's not real. Like, it, you don't want to, like, say it's his fault, but it's not real. Wa- you don't want to wash your hands with him, of him. You just, you know, it's like, come on, guy. I know it's there. I know the goodness is there, right? Yeah, totally. So that's his story. Um, and this is a second chance romance because he um, just like things fell apart for him when things were not when things were supposed to be the best. Things like really fell apart um, when he was younger. So I really wanted him to have his happy ending. Um, and mm-hmm. I was looking I know we're not supposed to look at the reviews of the book, but I was trying to make sure that he that I did him right, but it seems like I might have not have. I think people wanted him to be happier, and but I just like it doesn't fit for him because he wants to be. He can't have too much because if he has too much, then he'll try to like push it away. Do you know what I mean? So he has to right. have it has to be just right for him. Yeah. No, yeah. I really loved him. I that really balance. loved the story. Um, out of the three books. Uh, this is the only one that didn't get like a critical review and it was like, but it's my favorite. Like it's the funniest one. Um, just talking to my husband and like just people in my family read the book. They love this one so much too, because it's the whole, everybody's there because it, it is the holidays yeah. and you get to see their dynamic together. And that's why I love it too. Like it's, I think it was very fitting to have, um, you know, Danny's whole family around with him. Um, Cause that's, that's all he wants. 
Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, it, it's it's hard sometimes as a writer because you um, you know your characters, and if others are saying no, it should have happened this way. I rarely read a book that that the author lost their character, like they lost their what their character needed. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, you have to trust that what you wrote was exactly what was supposed to happen. I mean, they're they're talking to you. So, um, it's, yeah, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta go with that. So, but it's exciting because you've got the three books. Are there more coming of the series or are you working on something yeah. new? So I did, um, so I haven't announced it officially yet, but back in August, I did sign a four book extension with Thule, um, to extend okay. the doors to the series. Yeah. So, um, and I don't want to spoil things, uh, cause I just, I had a book bubble couple, like last week. Um, for the first book, okay. so I know that there's been people like um, just going, like getting into the series. So I don't want to spoil anything, but there are four books coming in the next couple of years. So I'm very excited about Yay. that. Yay! Uh, yeah, and it's really funny. Uh, yeah, there's always things. I feel like I'm always working on something. I just handed in um, a novella to um, last week, which is going to. It's part of a uh, the Happily Ever After Collective uh, Patreon. Right. So that will be coming. I can't tell you when it is or what trope, but that will be coming um, sometime with like between now and next summer. Um, and then I just I'm just working on a couple of proposals um, with a couple of other editors. So lots of stuff on the go. Yeah, for sure. I don't know how to stop. I yeah. don't know about you. <laughs> no, I mean, I think once you, you're rolling, it's like you just keep filling in you know, the next project because it's it's like you sound like you, you write like I do, the kind of a pant, panting, and then you go back and plot it in. But you it, it's that need to know what's next. You know, okay, I'm going to finish this, and then next I've got this. So, yeah, no, I get that very much. I get that. Yeah, no, I was <laughs> Listening to um, a gentleman, he's a he's a musician, and he was saying the same thing. He was like, you know, you like create art um, so that you want, and the dream is to like stop working um, and just like make your art, but like you just don't know how to stop once you're there, which is kind of like a yeah. weird conundrum. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So for sure, it looks like it's the rest. I think sometimes, I mean, every once in a while, when someone wants a down day, but I mean, I think overall that need to create, whether it's music or um, stories or characters, it just it just sits there all the time. So, um, yeah, you've got to do something with that because it's there for a reason. Uh, so I am so glad you mentioned Happily Ever After Collective because several writers that I have followed and I'm friends with are in this group, and so. Please tell me about this and how it came to be. Um, so I received an email from Avery Flynn, um, and I wasn't sure if it was a real email um, because it had come through my website. And you know when you come, things come through the website, like you have to kind of filter out the noise, like what's spam and what's not. And it was before the time yeah. I'd actually taken the contact box off. So now if someone tries to email me, they have to actually like put in my email and stuff. But um, so I like – read it over and then I wasn't so wasn't sure where so I sent it to a couple of people um like I sent it to Kelly Kane because uh I've been so fortunate to have her in my life um because she mm-hmm. has she has an agent and I don't um but she's always happy to like answer my questions so I sent it to her and she sent it to her agent and they said it was all legit so we we're like cool um and I sent it back to Avery sent him in um and I don't know how 
like where the catalyst happened on her end, where she was like, this is um, the idea. But I just love, um, and it's, you know, like, I don't know about you, but the, the subscription box has just kind of like exploded in the last couple of years. Um, and this one's mm-hmm. kind of nice because it's not a, it's not like a physical box. It's, you know, novellas that you can pick and choose. Um, and I think it's just really fun. Like we needed this, like I would love to open like an email of happiness every month where I just get to read these yeah. like cute little stories um, by people that I know, maybe I don't pick up um, what's it called? And Adriana Anders book, normally but it's sitting there so you know I'll read it or it just kind of like exposes um probably just exposes you to more writers especially if you love uh, romance because I don't know about you I tend to go to the writers I already know um so this Mm -hmm. is a good way to like mix it up a bit oh for sure it's like um, um anthologies are wonderful for that as well because um, you know, new to you writers and someone's like, like you're saying, I don't know if I want to commit to 300 plus pages, but Hey, is it a 30 page novella? Sure. Let me see. Um, and that certainly helps. And you guys have different, um, levels of novellas, I believe. And then different, um, content, like there's, you can, you can be a Patreon member, uh, for anywhere from five to $25 a month, different levels. Mm-hmm. And then you yep. get to pick different novellas. Um, some you get some swag with, but um, also, I mean, it just, it looks like fun and you do get to pick, like you're saying, these different, um, these different authors that may be new to you authors. And so, I mean, it's, the, the list is huge. So if anybody's looking, it's patreon.com forward slash the happily ever after collective. Um, but you can also pull it up on your link tree. You've got it there as well. Um, yeah, so uh, Right, and so I'll have the link for that in the write-up of the show, and it says right in the middle, the HEA Collective Patreon. So if you're looking for um, new authors or just the authors you love, there, that, there's a whole list of stuff, so it's kind of exciting. Um, and so when, you know, when you, someone said you're going to do this, how often do you have to write a novella for the collective? Um, so, the, it's, so this one was for like the first year, so I think um, the contract mm-hmm. goes however the year was and then um out of everybody who signed up there was kind of like a sign-up sheet for tropes um and Avery tried her mm-hmm. best to get everybody into the trope that they wanted um so we were assigned tropes and then just whenever your novella is due um or whatever your trope is there was like a timeline so um like okay. some people who had like Kelly's I think was done hers came out in July last July so she had to have hers done mm-hmm. before whereas mine's not due yet so um I just finished writing it uh, a couple like a couple weeks ago so okay um okay. And, yeah and it's kind of neat because a lot of us uh we got I got to work with authors I've never met before in terms of like um putting together uh, copy and putting like creating graphics um, so there was some stuff that we all kind of collectively did and helped but we also have yeah. um, a, a like an admin person that works that kind of like centralizes everything with Avery so um, and we all pitched in to help yeah. with that yeah that's wonderful I love that I mean again it's just it's just fun how when you have groups of writers working together and brainstorming and I'm sure you know, it, it, you pull from the group when you're saying I'm kind of stuck or I'm not quite sure what direction I want this to go or any ideas for a name. I mean, it's just wonderful to have that group of people there that um, 
get why you're writing something. I mean, you know, those, those, that collective brain is wonderful. Um, yeah. And to be honest, like um, in terms of writers, like I've joined a different writing groups over the years and mm-hmm. I don't know if you've got this feeling, but like the romance writers are the ones that are the one like the ready to lift you up the most. Um, Cause they know mm-hmm. there's so much for every, like there's something for everyone. Yeah, exactly. And and that's fun to see. Um, I, it's, it's funny, I, I have been with part of other groups, like you're mentioning, and I don't see that same, I don't know if it's camaraderie or encouragement for success. It's almost mm-hmm. like I'm going to give you just enough information to make you learn it, but I don't want to give you too much just in case you get better than I do. <laughs> yeah, it's don't really so bizarre. Romance writers. Yeah, I, I don't feel like romance writers 99% of the time um, because it's like there's so many readers. It's just, well, I don't understand why you're worried about this, you know, just yeah. whatever. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy stuff, isn't it? Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll stick with the good ones and, and we'll stick with the people that help each other. So that, that's a much better plan. Um, <laughs> and so you, you've got your fourth book that's coming. You've got your novellas. Do you have anything mm-hmm. on the horizon after that? Um, oh, yeah. So the two, there's a four book. Oh, no, no, there's going to be seven Thule books with the Dorseys all together. Um, so four, oh, wow. like, yeah, sorry. Yeah. So I've got three and then an ex, another four um, that will come out. I think they'll start in 2024. Um, okay. I do something like that. And then I've got the novella that's going to come out and then I'm working on a super secret project. I just sent off the um, synopsis today. Uh, so I'm mm-hmm. hoping to hear about that. Yeah. Um, and once that one's out, I, yeah, I'm very, very excited about that one. So, um, and that one I had to plot out a little bit more. It's just, you know, when you work with different editors, they just have different um, ways they want to do things. So, um, yeah. And I don't know if you found this, but aside from like writing a book, so I thought writing a book was the hardest thing and then it wasn't. And then I, um was the most but then editing of the book is the most important thing and then I was like oh maybe that's not the most important thing but I feel like as a writer who writes traditional I think learning how to pitch a book and create a proposal is probably the most important thing (laughs) yes and I think it's one of the most stressful things too for sure yeah Yeah. um because yeah because you can write a book and you can edit a book but if you can't sell it then I guess you're self-publishing you can't explain what it's about anyway pardon Right. Right. If you can't explain what it's about, it's, it's, it makes it a little difficult for people to know what you're doing. Um, yeah. and, and there's some people that are just amazing writers, but I've, it's, I've seen, I've, I've taken a lot of classes to learn how you pitch and make it as succinct as possible. And um, that takes practice for sure. Um, and mm-hmm. not everybody is great. I mean, um, so yeah, it's, it's just a, a process. It's, and, and I know that some people just like, well, it's my book and it's good. It's like, well, that's lovely, but we don't know what it's about. So you got to tell us. <laughs> yeah. Got to tell yeah. us. <laughs> so will you have, um, will you have, um, like, will you do something for Halloween at some point, like maybe about black cat awareness? Uh, unless since we talked about that earlier, um, and uh, put some black cats in your book. Um, I don't know if I'll put some black cats in my book, but mm-hmm. I can't. I don't know. They're just like in my life. Um, yeah, 
I always wanted like, I don't know, we'll see. Cause I don't, I'm just coming off of a really like, not stressful, but uh, it had like a really big last couple of weeks. Um, like mm-hmm. I'm still in bed right now. Uh, cause this is the first day I've been able <laughs> to just like, just be in bed. Even though I wrote a synopsis and I'm talking to you and I have chippy chicks later, like this is the most downtime I've had uh, since the beginning yeah. of, I think, October. Yeah. Um, but I am looking forward to Halloween. Um, like I said, I work at the library and uh, with COVID, obviously we haven't, like we've been running programming, but not like the level of program that programming that we use, are used to doing. Um, and this year right. uh, we're finally having, being able to do programs in house again. And we're, uh, I'm planning with another uh, friend of mine, Lindsay, who works with the library, um, a, like a chi- a kid's um, Halloween. We're going to do like a haunted house in the library this year. And so I'm very, that's my next uh, big project. It's not writing related, but it's also very close to my heart. <laughs> oh, for so sure. I mean, I, I, yeah, the library is essential. I know a lot of people think, well, what's the point of the library? I mean, there's been people and I think because, you know, you can go check out books, there's people who use it, the computers, there's, I mean, there's just all sorts of things the library is good for. And, and I know that um, I've talked to a lot of people over the years who are like, well, I have all these books. I'm not sure what to do. I don't know if I want to donate them. And I, I always say donate to the library because that way, if you really want to get it, you know, read it again, you can just go to the library and get it. But well, the library always has good books, you know. We, um, I always encourage people to bring their books in because we, uh, so one of the things that I do at the library um, is I set up kind of meet the author events. Um, and also mm-hmm. um, I take care of kind of book sale stuff. So we have a big book sale with the friends of the library, um, which is the kind of like the fundraising arm of the library, but we also have a little mm-hmm. bookshelf. So people um, like yesterday for, so I keep that stocked. So, and I keep it stocked from books that people donate um, so, for example, mm-hmm. yesterday, um, I just put out a whole bunch of kids' books, and a lady came in to use a photocopier, and the photocopier is right next to the bookshelf, and she bought them all because she was going over to um, the Indigenous uh, kind of community that was closest to us, and um, they're mm-hmm. always looking for books. So she bought them all up and brought them out there, and, you know, they're all um, donated books. And as well, mm-hmm. uh, we have, like, I have a little free library that... I stock from the library um, because we have a lot of people who come through my town that don't have an address and so they can't get a library card so they can go there mm-hmm. and exchange books. Um, I think, yeah, I, call, I always say that like we're literacy advocates because it doesn't matter what kind of reading it is, audiobook, um, graphic novel, book, it's all reading um, and it's important. And I like to me, I'm so passionate about um, public access. It's really important mm-hmm. to have libraries there for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I know that I've told, um, I have a book segment I do once a month and I always encourage people to pick up, um, if it's a subject that they want to read about, but they don't know if they want to invest, you know, in a three or 400 page book, let's say a biography or what have you, or an event. It's like, pick up a children's book, just start at the basics. And, um, you'd be amazed how much stuff you can learn from just starting with the basics. And so I always, you know, keep reading, just keep reading something, you know, it's, it's just incredibly important. So, yeah, let's just make sure people have those books and keep them reading. So thank you for doing what you do. Oh, thank you. Thank you for supporting it. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, so you've got um, all this going on, and you finally have some downtime. What do you read when you get downtime? Um, oh, you know what I love to read? I, so I can't read a lot of fiction um, just because I write it. I love mm-hmm. – uh, on Instagram, I follow – 
there's this writer I follow, um, Chelsea DeVentes, and she has a celebrity book club. Um, and I read all the celebrity memoirs. I love them. I love them. Because truth is stranger <laughs> than fiction. And then I, But I also like to read about how, because um, you can tell, I remember I read the Mariah Carey, The Meaning of Mariah, and you can tell where the ghostwriter was like, Ooh, and she stopped, like, whoever the ghostwriter was stopped um, writing in Mariah's voice because she was, like, kind of separating herself from the story a bit. And it was, I oh, think yeah. it was really neat. But then there's also the ones where you know that they're, they're writer. Like, you can just tell, right? Like, when I, yeah. Patti Smith's Just Kids is my most favorite book. That's the one that inspired me to be like, no, I'm telling stories. Like, that's what I'm meant to do. Um, but I do love, I love um, nonfiction. But it has to be good. Like, nice. my husband saw the Will Smith book, and he's like, oh, are you going to read that one? And I, I was so bad. I was like, no, there's not going to be enough tea in that one. Like, he's he's holding back. I hate books that hold back. <laughs> and I don't know if that's because of my editor. She, like, never pull a punch in a book. I hate it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I just finished reading uh, Waxing On with Ralph Macchio's book. It comes out uh, Tuesday, I think. Um And he is just such a gracious guy. I mean, there's just no denying that. I mean, everything I've seen him in, and he's talking about the the very first filming or the very first showing of Karate Kid. And he was sitting in the very back of the theater, like he he walked in after the lights were down. And um, so they were all sitting there, and it was in New York um, City, and they showed it. And he said people were jumping out of their seats and screaming and everything, and he, he wasn't expecting it to be as huge as it's been, but just the way he talks about everybody is just so nice and lovely. Um, and it's just a fun read, you know, it's just somebody who is truly gracious for what they have. And you, know, you got to like that. Yeah, no, I love, I love them because you want to know what's like, I don't know. I like, I am so like, I love learning so much about people. And when you see people who are like <laughs> kind of in the, um, in the public eye, like I want to know what their private lives are like. Um, even to a degree or like what they think about their success or what they think about things like that, just because, um, you know, there's, there can be so much tragedy. Um, and it's nice to like kind of see both sides. So I think it just gives us a better picture, um, of people. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just always studying people, uh, like always. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Some of those books can be very enlightening and then, uh, others, like you're saying, it's like, I don't think they wrote this. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> a ghostwriter. But I studied, um, what's it called? Or no, I uh, ordered the Jenny McCurdy one, the iCarly girl. Mm-hmm. I, oh, yeah. the um, I'm glad my mother died, that book. Yeah, have you read it yet? Oh, wow. I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 read the, I read her interview about it, and it doesn't sound like she held anything back. <laughs> it's just all there all the ugly yeah. oh yeah yikes yeah but you know it's her story to tell so she needs to tell it the best way she knows how no totally i mean yeah i want to read it I just, because you can't have like you have to hold both right like you can't just like have all the good stuff like there has you know humanity isn't like that like you can't understand a person truly until you know like everything that they hold um and why yeah, yeah. right the one thing I really, you know, I, I, there was um, a lot of people talking about Audible, and I've been spending more time being able to listen to Audibles. And I have actually really enjoyed autobiographies read by the authors. 
Um, so uh, Leslie Odom from Hamilton, I listened to his, um, mm-hmm. and that was pretty amazing. But I mean, yeah, I think it's and it it's a little different when it's the person who actually wrote it um, is reading it. Um, there's really good one, as you wish, uh, Carrie Ellis, who was in The Princess Bride. He, uh, I was reading the book, and then I he he narrated the book. But they also had all of the other actors come in for the sidebars and read well what they had for this. And and of course everyone's in it except um, um, Andre the Giant, of course, um, because he passed. But it was really sweet. Like everybody was so into the project that I don't think, and they knew they had done something special, but they didn't realize how special it was. Um, mm-hmm. so he's, he's got Rob Reiner and Billy Crystal and Robin Wright and everybody's in it, uh, in the narration. So, I mean, it's just really fun to hear them. So it's, it's, but yeah, I, I know what you mean about the human, human nature and trying to, um, study it. So yeah, it's, it's, a it's definitely, people should mix up their bookshelves for sure. I love that. I love that. No, I do. Um, the first time I read, uh, just kids. It was on audiobook, um, and mm-hmm. I remember like stopped, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And I was in the middle of a run, and I just started it over. Like I could listen to Patty Smith talk forever and ever and ever. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah, right. Uh, for sure, for sure. Alrighty. Well, I am so thankful that you had time today to talk to us. I really appreciate you very much, um, and cool. big success for your third book and more projects coming down the line as well as with happily ever after collective and all those things. So thank you so much for talking to us today. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so glad we got made this work and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your weekend. You too. I hope you get some good, good downtime. I will. I will. You too. Have a good day. (laughs) You too. This has been Patricia W. Fisher. I've been talking with Fortune Whelan. She has her newest book out, My Christmas to You. It is a third of the Dorsey's of Conception series. It's on Tule Publishing. You can find her at her newsletter uh, on her website. And then you have Tule Publishing, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and the Happily Ever After Collective. You can find her. All of those links are in the write-up of the show. So everybody, go out, grab the books, and keep on reading. Everybody stay safe. Oh, and go adopt those black cats because they are the cutest. This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle.